0: Happy fall and welcome to the September 2022 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we are from the Course Report team. So we spend our days helping students choose the best coding bootcamps for them. But each month, Jess and I take a break. We round up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and chatted about and shared in our Course Report team Slack. And uh, we share it all with you. Yeah. So happy fall,
1: everyone. Um, So on this episode, we're going to dive back into the most recent news on that short-term Pell Grant bill, since everyone is wondering if it will actually get passed by the end of 2022. We also caught some discussion on the future of ISAs and OPMs, as regulators seem to be really honing in on both of those.
0: We've got the latest on tech apprenticeships and women in tech initiatives in the US. Plus, we're going to tell you about all of the new coding boot camps that we added to the course report directory this September. So let's dive right in.
1: All right. So there weren't any notable fundraisers in the coding boot camp space this month, but Full Stack Academy's parent company made a big announcement.
0: Yes. Yeah, so if you remember in August, we spoke about Zovio, the parent company of Fullstack Academy. They were divesting from their OPM segment of the business. And now Higher Ed Dive reports that Zovio is taking steps to dissolve and wants to sell Fullstack Academy, which is their last business. Um Zobio expects that they can sell Full Stack Academy for between $34 million and $55 million. They say that so far some buyers including private equity firms have shown interest in Full Stack. I mean, I, we will obviously keep you updated on this, but in my mind, you know, Full Stack has so much going for it. They've a long-standing reputation to uphold. I'm personally excited for Full Stack Academy to be able to operate independently or under a new owner. And I think it'll be an important step to get out from underneath Sovio Mm -hmm. because I mean, just like it must be very difficult to run a boot camp under a parent company that's in a lot of trouble and kind of publicly dissolving their other businesses over the last couple of years. We'll be excited to see full stack thrive and flourish hopefully after this.
1: Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what happens to them next.
0: And that Zovio News spurred higher ed dive and ad surge to explore the larger OPM market in September. So there was quite a bit of discussion about regulation and OPMs and even ISAs, income share agreements this month. But just first, tell us about the latest on where we stand with the short-term Pell Grant bill.
1: Yeah, so Higher Ed Dive picked back up on where Pell Grants for short-term programs currently stand. If you'll remember, the short-term Pell Grant bill was originally included in the early 2021 Jobs Act, Um, but when there was too much back and forth about which type of programs qualified for that new short-term Pell Grant bill, the bill was taken out of the Jobs Act. Higher Ed Dive says the short-term Pell Grant bill could be picked up by a new, larger act, or it could also be attached to a defense or appropriations bill, which are agreed upon annually. We will have to see if this Pell Grant bill is able to get passed into law by the end of 2022. I mean, it sounds like the defense or the appropriations bill is maybe its most likely avenue. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And moving back to OPM news, Daniel Mollenkamp posited in EdSurge this September that we may see public universities start to take back some control of those online programs from. OPMs. As Molenkamp points out, that Zobio news that we just talked about wasn't particularly surprising. It's kind of been coming down the pipe for a minute. Uh, Zobio's business model was different than the typical OPM agreement. It was a little more old school, as uh, as Molenkamp says, more kind of University of Phoenix style. But the smarter OPMs are now doing things like reducing their revenue shares, sometimes significantly, to keep universities interested. They're also becoming more flexible in their offerings, leaving space for universities. To do more in house. Um, he gives this example that 2U, which is obviously one of the biggest OPMs in the space, has recently made major strategic shifts, which we talked about last month, basically allowing universities more choice in what services they want to buy and also advocating for universities to lower tuition, which is a common criticism of the space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're talking about these kind of regulatory items coming down the pipe that are, I think, relevant to the boot camp industry, but they're, um, the, the bigger picture is all about kind of like regulatory changes for, for universities in terms of that Pell Grant uh, news, the OPM news and ISA news. It'll just all kind of trickle down to boot camps. just to be clear.
1: Yeah. And Higher Ed Dive agrees with all of that. So with all the regulatory changes and the increased pressure on OPMs like to you, Natalie Schwartz from Higher Ed Dive predicts that there may be a culling of the OPM herd. OPMs like 2U, Coursera, and Wiley have already announced that they are seeing revenue declines in their degree programs due to lower-than-expected enrollment. Higher Ed Dive sources say this could be seen as linked to the current trend of lower enrollment at universities and colleges. And then we've heard so much more this past year about new regulations around contracts between OPMs and universities and their revenue-sharing agreements. Obviously, this story about what will happen to OPMs next is very much in progress. So we'll just have to keep you posted as we hear more.
0: And here's some interesting ISA news, um, income share agreement news, that may set precedent for other ISA companies. According to Higher Ed Dive, income share agreement provider Better Future Forward has reached a final compliance plan with the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau and updated the disclosures that it will make to students who enter ISAs to help pay for college. So this new format adapts a disclosure style that's used for traditional private education loans. So that that means that a dollar cost of financing will be shown at the top of the disclosure. And then because a student's eventual repayment amount will vary based on their income, the new disclosure will also be topped by a description of how costs are estimated. A bit more context that we learned from this article, too, uh, was that Better Future Forward said that it has set up more than 200 students with over $2 million in funding since 2017. Kind of nice to see some numbers there, but pretty small in the grand scheme of things.
1: Time Magazine published a pretty thorough recap of all of the recent issues with income share agreements offered by digital skills boot camps like FlockJ, Clever Programmer, PreHired, and Bloom Tech, which was formerly Lambda School. Um, overall, not much new was uncovered in this timepiece. Time interviews a few FlockJ grads from 2021 about their negative experiences finding jobs after graduating from their program, and then their difficulty in paying back the ISA. But it does bring up the question of should boot camps seek accreditation and how should ISAs be monitored by federal regulators, um, which we're seeing, of course, covered by many other news sources.
0: Yeah, Jess, I feel like in the last five to seven years, you know, as ISAs have become more popular, OPMs have become more popular, we have constantly been saying, you know, like there will be regulation around these. It's, you know, only a matter of time. Um, and I think we're just kind of seeing that regulation actually start to take mm-hmm. shape. It's not necessarily like the Wild West anymore in terms of uh, ISAs and, and OPMs. And mm-hmm. that's probably a good thing. Totally.
1: The Biden-Harris administration announced another apprenticeship initiative. So Liz, what's the latest in their federal apprenticeship program rollout?
0: Yes. Okay. So this is more news that's much more broad than boot camps but we love this push to champion apprenticeships in the US. So this is the Apprenticeship Ambassador Initiative, which is a national network of more than 200 employers and industry organizations, labor organizations, educators, workforce intermediaries, and community-based organizations who are committing to strengthen and diversify the registered apprenticeship. Over the next year, participants in this new initiative have agreed to do three things. One is to develop 460 new registered apprenticeship programs across 40 industries, obviously tech, IT, cybersecurity, those are included. Also to hire more than 10,000 new apprentices, which is a huge part of this, the hiring part of it. And then finally is to hold 5,000 outreach, promotional, and training events to help uh, other business, labor, and education leaders launch similar programs. This kind of reminds me of the Tech Hire initiative a little bit, except it's all kind of rooted in registered apprenticeship, which is just such a, uh, like, proven (laughs) model. Uh, And so love to see more invested in that.
1: Yeah, definitely. It gives those apprenticeships more accountability. So in Florida, Business Observer reported on a new partnership between digital imaging company S1 and the coding bootcamp at the State College of Florida in Bradenton. Senior software engineers from S1 have agreed to mentor SCF bootcamp students, and they meet with these students every week to answer any kinds of questions they may have and also give students insight on what it's actually like to work as a software engineer. This sounds like such a great program with this kind of mentorship um, and hope to see more of these in future programs down the line.
0: Yeah, Jess, I think that one is powered by Flatiron School, the oh, SF, cool. SCF Coding Academy. Awesome. Really cool. And Terry Collins published a really thoughtful, well-researched story in USA Today that followed two Tech Elevator graduates, Annie Cochran and Wes Woods. They both received a Represent Tech scholarship, which was roughly $13,000 that covered a majority of their tuition. Huge. Um, and Wes now works as a software developer at J.P. Morgan Chase in Columbus, Ohio, and says Tech Elevator was a life changer for him. And then Annie is an engineer at Kroger where she helps run that national grocery chain's new Boost customer loyalty upgrade program. And Collins actually spoke to her supervisor at Kroger, which is so cool, such a great perspective to get. Um, And her supervisor said that Annie is building strong partnerships and a great culture with her engineering team. And quote. She is quickly wrapping her arms around the technical product she owns and is connecting the dots in a highly complex environment, end quote. I mean, I don't think you can hope to hear something better about your job performance, mm-hmm. especially after you graduate from a boot camp and are kind of moving into the into the tech world. It's huge praise. So yeah, we're so proud of Annie and Wes uh, for going through Tech Elevator and coming out on top. And as Collins points out, these represent tech scholarship recipients are starting jobs in tech at an important time when the number of women in underrepresented groups in tech still remains pretty dismal.
1: Mm-hmm. That um, Represent Tech Scholarship is so
0: awesome. At it's really cool. Yes. We talked about it in our live Q&A, our last yes, live Q&A. Jess. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So Lighthouse Labs up in Canada released its 2022 Career Trajectory Report, which illustrates how Lighthouse Labs grads from 2014 to 2021 have actually done in their careers. So some of the biggest findings from the report are that 52% of alumni are earning over $100,000 a year, and that's in Canadian, um, within four years of their boot camp graduation. 95% of Lighthouse Labs grads are working in remote or hybrid roles. And alumni from 2021 cohorts have achieved a 15% increase in their average compensation. We'll link to this full report just in case you want to dig in and check out all the findings. I know it's pretty thorough.
0: Absolutely. And over the past few years, we've seen less of an emphasis on degree requirements from tech companies like Amazon, IBM, and Google which is a really promising trend, especially for bootcamp graduates. Tech talent, as we know, doesn't all come out of CS bachelor's and master's degree programs. So we'd love to see that trend. But as Lindsay Wilkinson wrote in HR Dive this September, As companies are looking beyond academic credentials, they're actually looking for IT certifications. So they interviewed Dakota Blakely for this article, who went the certification route instead of the degree path and says, quote, I think what's really nice with certifications is that because there's such a large variety, you can really tailor which ones and courses you do depending on what kind of job you want. They really help make you unique as an individual and they can separate yourself from others. End quote. Well, we saw a few women in tech initiatives come up a bit in this month's news. Jess, what was Rolling Stone's take on these women in tech initiatives?
1: So Jacob Mathenson from Rolling Stone focused on whether there is enough diversity in women in tech initiatives, since these initiatives could be seen as supporting a binary of women and men. So if these initiatives expanded their focus to include non-binary and trans folks, they could then be seen as taking a more general approach to gender diversity. I think that coding boot camps like HackBright Academy and Aided Developers Academy, which weren't mentioned in this article, they were initially aimed at women, but they've definitely taken note of this over the past few years. And they have broadened their applicant pool to include non-binary and trans students as part of a way to increase diversity in tech. And I'm sure we'll be seeing more of that going forward, but you know, always good to to point that
0: out. Absolutely. And we spoke earlier about the U.S. Department of Labor apprenticeships. Well, Fresh Start Women announced that they received a $500,000 grant as part of the Women in Apprenticeship and Non Traditional Occupations grant, uh, shortened to WANTO. Fresh Start is based in Arizona and they do computer literacy courses for women. And they say that they'll use this grant to help at risk women trained for non traditional occupations to become self sufficient.
1: And ZDNet highlighted the good work being done by nonprofit coding bootcamp Reskill Americans which launched last fall and has its second cohort starting this October. Reskill Americans is a seven-month program focused on providing online tech training to those who are underrepresented in tech, whether that person is either making a career change, they're underemployed, or even if they're unemployed. It's also a totally tuition-free program. So it just sounds like a really impactful program. It's going into its second cohort this October, and hopefully we will see more cohorts coming out in 2023.
0: Well, Jess, it's the start of a new school year in the traditional academic world, which means news <laughs> of new coding boot camps and university partnerships. So let's start with the new university bootcamp announcements.
1: Yeah, so we saw that Simply Learn announced a partnership with Carlson School of Management at the University of Minnesota, and the school will be offering a
0: cloud computing bootcamp. MEDIS is now partnering with universities to offer data science programs. MEDIS is uh, currently partnering with Florida International University with the first cohort starting this October.
1: Upright Education has partnered with Holyoke Community College and Springfield Technical Community College, both of those are in Western Mass, to
0: offer full-time and part-time boot camps. According to Prolific North, UK based bootcamp North Coders announced that they will now be offering a data engineering bootcamp. The first cohorts kick off this October and November.
1: Business Live reports that nonprofit bootcamp FinTech Wales opened up this month. It's a new coding bootcamp that's based in Wales for the Welsh people there,
0: offering coding and FinTech programs. And proficient and Hackbright Academy Dev Mountain are bringing their bright paths program to Dallas. It's set to launch october thirty first and there are spots for twenty five students who will attend a proficient funded meaning free to you as a student uh customized coding boot camp for up to sixteen weeks.
1: Oh, I'm so glad to hear that that's such an yes. awesome program.
0: yeah, if you're interested in that, I know Jess you've done interviews with Proficient mm-hmm. before. On our blog. So, um, not specifically about Dallas, but
1: yeah, we'll link to that in, really in the cool roundup. Friends. Yeah, if you're interested and want to know a bit more. Um, and last, Holburton School announced it's enlarging its campus in downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma. According to Tulsa World, it's a $5 million expansion that will nearly triple its campus size. Holburton Tulsa is enrolling on an average 100 students right now, but with this expansion, it's expecting to train five times that many in the coming years.
0: Amazing. Wow. Cool for Tulsa. And of course, we added 10 new schools to the course report listings this month. Mm -hmm. First, we added the University of New England online boot camps, which is powered by Upright Education and digital marketing boot camp Craft Shala. We've added Scandinavia-based
1: bootcamp School of Applied Technology, which is, has an acronym of SALT, S-A-L-T, and Online Coding Bootcamp's Learner's Academy and GoIT to our listings.
0: There are a few new data bootcamps in our listings, Sirius, Data Stack Academy, and Stack Fuel. And then we added a new Web3 bootcamp, MetaLearn definitely
1: starting to see more web three boot camps mm-hmm. in our listings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and if you've ever wanted to learn how to code and how to surf simultaneously, we just added the coding boot camp code and surf Bali, which is based in Bali and does coding lessons and surfing lessons all together.
0: Work-life balance. Yep. And before we wrap up this month's podcast episode, Jess, let's tell everyone about our favorite course report blog posts that we got to work on this September. Which bootcamp alumni did you enjoy connecting with the most this month, Jess?
1: So at the very top of the month, I was so lucky to speak with Code Fellows grad, Bill. Bill had previously struggled with homelessness and addiction. And when the pandemic took away his burgeoning career working in the theater, um, backstage as a a stagehand. Um, He wasn't really sure what was going to happen next for him. Through Washington State's training benefits program, Bill was able to get his code fellows tuition totally covered. And this allowed him to really focus on his studies and then find a job as an information security associate at a cybersecurity consultancy. And he does that remotely now. Bill has so many great pieces of advice for anyone who's thinking of making a career change. So I would definitely say that this Q&A is a must read. And Liz, what was your favorite blog post to work on this month?
0: Well, I loved that Q&A with Bill. Um, My favorite blog post to work on this September was a recap post from our latest live Q&A, where admissions representatives from five different boot camps joined us and they gave us the inside scoop on their application processes. They answered questions live. It was awesome. Um, It was also recorded. And so that video is included in the blog post along with takeaways and a nice worksheet that compares prep programs, age maximums, minimums, degree requirements, and so much more. Um, If you couldn't tune in live, then it is a great substitute. And we hope that you will join our next live Q and a we're planning that one out right now. I think that one's going to be really interesting. It'll come up in the next couple of months.
1: Totally. And that does it for our September podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep checking in on course report for the latest about online and in-person bootcamp opportunities. And we'll see you next month on the October coding bootcamp news roundup.
0: And of course, we love feedback. So please email us your thoughts at hello at course report.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, then help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found this podcast, subscribing and leaving us a review. We will see you in October. See Bye. You